I'm also not somebody who like decides that like I'm going to make a doc about like a subject or a community and like I don't come like riding in with like an announcement <laughs> in the Hollywood Reporter saying like I'm here to like make the definitive doc like that's never really my aim I think if anything I want to be the guy who spends the time spends the time um really listening and, and educating myself and my crew because like a film doesn't really like it doesn't it's not one person you know sure. Um, and I think that like, if we want to make something with legs, it, it really, it requires that. And, and that does feel very similar to like every process for, for every film that I've worked on. It's just like really like trying to digging deep and sort of seeing like how far down the rabbit hole we can go. Welcome back to another episode of Lights, Camera, Crypto, the podcast exploring all things entertainment and Web3. I'm your host, Stephen Ladden. And this week, our guest is award-winning filmmaker, Dan Sickles. Dan is a traditional filmmaker and now crypto art filmmaker. He has won uh, many awards, some of which are the Sundance Award for his film Dina, the Tribeca Award for his film Mala Mala. Just a really, really fascinating guy who has taken his unique perspective of art and really a desire to learn new things and converted that into a very specific lane in terms of nonfiction documentary storytelling. In this episode, Dan unpacks sort of his creative journey from actor to uh, filmmaker and really unique, I don't want to spoil it, really unique set of circumstances that leads him to his first film. And ultimately that ends up providing the spark for him to be like, hey, you know what, This this is my journey now. This is the next evolution of my career. And so too does his career continue to grow he has a, a new film coming out, uh, I'm New Here, which is a crypto art film. He gets all into that uh, in the episode, and uh, let's hear all about it. Let's dive in. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, man. I love what you do. Thank you. Well, appreciated uh, on that note, too. I guess it's just an appreciation uh, volley. We can, we can, this is the podcast. <laughs> we just, we just. Uh, throw appreciation at each other and uh, listeners have to uh, either jump on the appreciation train themselves or uh, hit next. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, well, Dan, really excited to to learn more about your journey. And uh, maybe we just start, you know, back in the day when you were a kid, were you always making films? Was filmmaking always the the vision? Was that always the the goal? How did it all kind of start for you? Yeah. Um, if you see me doing this, by the way, it's because I do have this infant. She's about to cry. I'm going to take her out of this real quick. Sure. Well, this is uh, history in the making in its own way then. And perhaps <laughs> a little more intriguing for, for listeners to know uh, who, who maybe aren't being able to visualize this. Dan is is holding his child and conducting a <laughs> podcast interview. It's multitasking at its finest. Yes, I, I have a. She's almost four months, um, and you know, uh, my my partner's just getting back to work. So, uh, getting into like this like sort of new like work life balance is um, it's something. It um, is, but but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun for sure. Um, it, well, is this is this just to just so we're, we're all on the same page? Is this her first podcast as well? Uh, this is her first podcast. 
she said it on like a few interviews. Um, if you know, if you know, like Pinder Van Armen, actually, uh, I was actually doing a, an interview with him <laughs> that, that she was also sitting on my lap for. Um, but yeah, no, this is definitely her first podcast. For sure. Excellent. Well, yeah. happy to be part of the groundbreaking uh, history <laughs> in her life. And uh, hopefully this is fodder for the scrapbook. But uh, in, in, yeah, in, I mean, but to get back to your question, um, yeah. you know, I, I actually I didn't, you know, I didn't anticipate really like becoming a director. I didn't like set out to to be uh, like a, a nonfiction filmmaker. Uh, that really wasn't on the agenda. Um, I did study acting, however, um, and like I was, I was acting quite a bit after university, um, doing a lot of theater, um, and you know I, I did like the LA thing for a bit, and like that never really felt like it fit. Um, sort of like going to like the casting calls and and uh, you know pilot season and participating that way, um, and you know just very serendipitously, very organically, like I, I stumbled into nonfiction filmmaking by virtue of meeting. Uh, this incredible drag performer um, at a bar in Austin, Texas. Wow! And you know, I was I was with somebody uh, like a, a creative partner that I was working with a lot at the time, and like we just you know went up to her and we were like, "Hey, like what you're doing is wild. Like, can can we chat?" And that turned into like two days of us hanging out and making a, a sort of short film with her and uh, learning a lot about her and her experience. And that, for me, became kind of, um, it became like an obsession, sort of like putting myself in these situations uh, where I was, I was learning, uh, you know, uh, uh, new perspectives um, mm. from people who were going through experiences that I, I personally didn't have. Um, and I guess like then I, that sort of just became the job then of nonfiction filmmaking. Um, and directing nonfiction films. Got it. So, so in many ways, it was you exploring these different perspectives, and suddenly that became your curiosity was turned into your path. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like there was like I remember. I do remember like the moment. There, there were two in that moment in Austin. I remember sitting on her couch, and we were doing an interview. And you know, I had just met her as a, as a drag performer, but it turned out that she was like a few months into her transition, um, still living in the house with her wife and her nine-year-old daughter at that point. And I mean, like the story just really unfolded sitting in her living room with her. And I remember being like, wow, like I would have never, I would have never wound up in this situation otherwise, if not for curiosity. Right. Mm. And like a willingness to sort of listen. Um, and then leaving her house, I remember getting very emotional uh with the guy that i was working with and just being like this is there's like something here like there's just like something we have to keep going and and i mean that honestly became our our first film um which is called mala mala and really it documents like the trans liberation movement in puerto rico at the time um we relocated there because like you know it was uh, it's still a very invisible place right it's one of the last colonies in the western hemisphere no one really knows about it um but it has these deep ties to the United States. And it sort of felt like an opportunity to kind of capture a microcosm within a, a microcosm. Um, and that, that's just very naturally how the first film began. Wow. And, and so, so you, just to back up, you had never at that time when, when you met her at a bar, 
there was no the film hadn't even was it wasn't an idea at that point or oh no not at all no i mean like we we had our equipment um just be just because you know we were there for a film festival mm-hmm. um my buddy had made like a another short that just like got in and we were like yeah like whatever like let's go to austin um and i was producing a bit at the time so i like knew just like a little about production um mostly because like you know as an actor i was doing i was doing pretty well but i i keep being i kept being cast in these roles um you know they were pretty painful like like hamlet uh constantine in the seagull you know romeo i mean like these are all characters that also do a lot of self-harm throughout the process of the play <laughs> so i should sure. taken a break from that and fallen into production and that's why we ended up in austin and we happen to have like a i mean it was it was a 5d you know with us it wasn't like we we brought uh you know a ton and, of, of yeah. cinema equipment but you know and and that it was just very natural and it was just like let's let's do this um and then that became a short and you know we toured around with that for a little bit while making the first feature okay i just find that fascinating in itself the process of how that all came together in that you didn't set out to make the film and yet again just pursuing the curiosity having the equipment being almost it sounds like right place right time but also you having the creative instinct to know hey there's something there's a story here exploring that and then having that kind of just launch a different path I mean, it was the only thing that really felt real to me at the time, I guess. Um, and, you know, to put it in context, like this was like the Dan that was also like going to L.A. and and going to like all those meetings and, you know, like hustling with their agent for for that subway commercial. And I mean, it felt empty when it started, but going through the process of attempting to like make it work for me just felt all the worse. Mm. And there was something in like that experience, like, you know, we were, we were making things like we, we were actually doing it. Um, we like, and it just felt so natural and empowering. Right. Like as, as, as the person sitting on the couch, sort of like, you know, asking these questions, working with the person in front of the camera, it was like, I I didn't have to wait for, for permission, you know, like that, that's a very different dance between like you and the person that you're talking to. Um, that has much more to do with trust and, and, and human things rather than like, do you look like the part? You right. Know? <laughs> right. You're, you're, you're creating essentially the part. If we want to go with a, with a metaphor, it's like, there's, there's no one to, um, there's no one, there's no one to audition for except yourself and your own creativity. No. I mean, if anything, like, you know, there is a process of putting yourself on the stand again, because like you, you, you're in Puerto Rico all of a sudden and like, you need to find money for this thing in order to make it a real thing that people can watch. And then you're going to different offices and testifying in a different way as to the potential value of this thing. And that's like a very, it's a very different, but um, you at least feel as though like you, you, you hold it and um, like it's yours and that, 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 that you can fight for it um, because you have your arms around it a bit more. Sure. Well, and and you put a piece of yourself or your perspective into it, and so there, knowing sort of the backdrop. I mean, it's more personal. It's it's it's. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's. I it, mean, I learned so much too. Like, there's nothing. You know, uh, it's not altruistic to like make a to make a doc in that in that in that way. Like, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a cisgendered person. So like, it, it's not like I was coming to that community in, in PR being like, Hey, like I identify in this way. I can empathize. Um, I mean, it took, it took three and a half years to make that film for that reason. It required so much listening and so much going back and forth and, and lots and lots of learning. Mm. Um, but that's, I mean, that's like the intangible benefit of making something like that. Totally. And, and what I love about it is it's, it's kind of layered. You learned something, you set out to learn something by learning something, you learned something other people could learn. You then captured it in a way that could even tell a narrative. And then all that entire process became the bedrock for it sounds like your ensuing projects because this had ca- kind of carved out a new lane to to channel the creativity that was already there, the the artistic inspiration, the sure. artist in you that had been perhaps trying to jam in a different, you know, as you're saying with your agent and and stuff like that, trying to do something that was unfulfilling, and then all of a sudden the art, the art, and the fuel, the the energy that feels fulfilling, kind of coalesced into this direction for sure and i mean like the the mountain became a bit clearer right like it's like okay cool like i know that this thing is special and i know that like there are incredible stories and and it's a bit of a secret because clearly no one else gets it so then it can become like you know like your special secret in that way and like you can you can leverage it in that way and then it's like you you get to uncover these things because nobody knows like when i was making malamala like there, there was no this is before like Laverne Cox's was on the cover of time. This is like before orange is the new black came out. This is before, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, you know? Um, so like you can imagine what these rooms were like. I mean, I was pitching to, to queer organizations left and right, but like no one had a budget for trans anything. So even within those circles, it was really difficult to make, which also to me always sort of signals the, the value there because like you, you, you know, all these people who are, having this experience and who are part of this community and everyone's sort of neglecting the fact that they exist. So in a way, like you can kind of jujitsu that and be like, Hmm, you guys are just a bit, you know, like blind right now. Right. And then you look like, I mean, like five years later. And I mean, like it's, it's, it's incredible. Like sort of how like trans lexicon is like built into our everyday, you know, language now. And it's, it's, it's awesome. Totally. Um, And to, to sort of like play like, you know, whatever kind of like small, tiny part and just like being like, hey, this this is a thing that I think is valuable. Um, it's it's a really cool thing when that works. Um, but it's rare as, as filmmakers, as you know, because it, it's so it's so heavy to make a film and it takes so much time. I think you, you're also tapping into this idea, too, that it's finding what's valid. Like there's inherent value then from what I hear you saying that in something that hasn't been if people if people are for whatever reason uh not seeing something that in turn is also providing value to it for sure especially if it's there like if you can if you can prove that it's there i mean cryptopunks if like we want to get straight to like the crypto of it all right <laughs> like it's like there 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 was like this small group that like knew the second it came out on, on the, you know that that mashable article they were like ah like there's something here you listen to snowfro i mean i have the interview so i I'm I'm a bit biased in this in this conversation, but he's spoken about it elsewhere, and you know you have people that sort of it clicks for it right away. And there's this new tech, and the tech is also multi-layered. Like 
and and it, and it just it didn't hit. And they're like, oh my god! And and they're running around for years, being like, this is the thing, buy a zombie. And everyone's like, no, I'm not going to spend three hundred bucks on on a JPEG, you know. But they're right, and it doesn't happen all the time, of course. But the proof was there, and like, I think that a lot of artists go go through that experience just in in general. Um, a lot of technologists, a lot of ideators, a lot of creatives, you know. In, in what process uh, are you talking about? Uh, the like sort of like Sisyphean task of like climbing a mountain that like no one gives a shit about what the peak looks like. And then coming back down from it and everybody being like, oh, like I want to go to where that is. And you're like, yeah, of course you do. Like I was just there. And, you know, like, well, I'm, I'm, I've been talking about it. I've been, I've been expounding upon like that, that perspective there, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, it can be a bit Cassandra-esque sometimes. I think a lot of people in the crypto sphere have sort of like, and are experiencing that still now, you know, but it, it's sort of the same thing as the communities that I was working with in Malamala, right? Hmm. Gender is a construct. We, we all, can, we all speak in this way now, but you know, that, that sort of like mainstream kind of knowledge or even that phrase was so hard to say only a few years ago, but they're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm straying a bit, but you you know what I mean? It's sort of like, there's something that, you know, as, as long as you can keep pointing at it and like find other people who identify as like with this thing, then it, it, it will become a thing, but it's going to take forever for anyone else to see it. Because there's so many different things that need to be built out for it to communicate itself and and be able to be shared. Well, so in very in, in some ways, you're saying then some of the say with Malamala and 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 crypto, there's the similarity is the people who are seeing behind the bend get it, and those who want to see behind the bend will hopefully eventually get there. They just have to do more work to get there well and it's twofold and the people who are there need to do like work of better communicating why this has value why it's relevant to the people who don't get it like you know it's it, it is also our job um to sort of help wake other people up to what we think we know but that's art always too sure, right like sure. uh, you know yeah well is that is that then is there is is so so it sounds like half the battle then so one thing is to have a product in this case we'll we'll just use Malamala as the example and then the other piece because to to relate it to to crypto and waking people up it's like so you have Malamala how much of Malamala being amazing is what like there's that piece but then as you're saying there's also showing people and explaining why and and getting people on board onto what you already know to be true. So mm-hmm. question being, how important is it that in terms of an art's creation and, and ability to be received is the ability to communicate its importance to people? Um, or is that just something that people, if the art is what it is, people will kind of understand in their own way at some point? As an artist, do you have a responsibility to create art that speaks to you and also do it in a way that other people can receive what you're trying to put out? Right. I mean, 
Yeah. Um, like objectively, no, right? Like I don't think any artist has a responsibility to do anything to, for anything, right? I mean, like, and that's kind of the cool thing too, is like you get to choose what you want to say and how you want to say it and the stories that you want to tell. You shouldn't be backed into like feeling like you have to do a particular thing, right? You, you can go and make a film for yourself and like more power to you. Personally, um, if I'm going to like work in the sphere of crypto, like I feel a responsibility to help communicate the, the value of this space, the relevancy of this space uh, to people who, to people who like aren't, aren't sort of directly connected to the knowledge of, of sort of what's happening here and whatever, I guess that's abstract to say, but like who might not be like reading tech blogs, who might not be like, I want to, I want to make sure that like the sex workers that I was working with in Puerto Rico know how to accept Bitcoin if they, mm. um, that they can use like these like payment systems that like are, are much more frictionless and, and uh, cost so much less to, to transact on. Right. I mean, like, it's like, I've worked with, uh, workers from the philippines who have been who spend years on cruise ships working like seven hours seven days a week right um and they're using western union to send cash back to their families and all of that and and we know that these systems exist and we know that they're terrible and i think that like for me i do feel a responsibility to like create a story that also does communicate to to those particular groups Mm. um and i do think Art is actually the way to do that. I think the culture of the space expressed through crypto art is really the, the perfect way in. And and was it a mashable article that that brought you in? Was there how, how did how did you then take the art you were starting to create and and did create and m- kind of merge into the crypto art space? That's a good question. I mean, to put it short, like, you know, I, I went Sundance at 29 years old and that was wild. And after that, like, it was a really, uh, it was a situation where I realized that like, you know, all the doors were open, but I was still the guy uh, pitching the things that were kind of really like, ah, like we don't get that just yet. Right. Um, which is fine. Um, but I, I did in the same way I kind of did a little bit as an actor. I like I really worked to play the industry game and have a career in it, right? The Hollywood of it all. And um I've worked with yeah, like a lot of different companies, <laughs> a lot of streamers, um and it hasn't been the most exciting empowering creative experience by any means and i mean and and i say that being like the person who was like fighting to make that documentary in puerto rico about like non-white you know trans communities um so i i know what actually it looks like on the other side of like you know not having something super packaged i mean my second film dina was the same way it's like that entire film rests on the shoulders of a of a suburban middle-aged woman who's on the spectrum right um films generally like don't don't do that uh meryl streep has a rough time you know finding the right scripts for that 
So I, I, I know kind of like the challenges of like building films in those ways. And, and I also know kind of what it's like to work with the people who are really good at packaging things for particular audiences and getting them out. So like they're easily swallowed like a pill and people can go have dinner afterwards. And <laughs> I didn't like it. Uh, and coming off the back of like a particular experience, like I found crypto. Um, I, well, I rediscovered crypto, but then really discovered crypto art. And I was just like, holy shit, like everyone's wild in here. Um, and like, and the art is something else. And it, it, it is kind of like this, I mean, it's genreless, but it is like its own like wave. Um, and there are clearly brilliant minds working within it. So like, that's really where it started. Um, and then a story that I often tell is like, I ended up, I, I bought a crypto baby punk early on <laughs> because I couldn't, I couldn't, I, well, I didn't, I didn't want to buy a crypto fund because I was like, this still makes no sense. Right. Um, and, you know, I was kind of like playing on discord and like trying to figure that out and like figure out what all this was about. And, like my wife and I came home from France, um, after a trip and our apartment was robbed. Um, like the one that I'm standing in and, um, you know, I like, we called the cops and like they're in the apartment and like they're doing their thing, dusting for fingerprints. And like, I have nothing to do because like they're there for hours. Right. And like I get on discord and I'm like, Hey, baby punks, like, you know, my apartment got robbed of like my NFTs are safe. Like, you know, I hope all you guys are good. Whatever. And, um, somebody in that chat, like ends up messaging me, just like DMs like, Hey, like, so sorry to hear that. Like that sucks. Um, just so you know, I run a kombucha, factory with my family in upstate new york and like the least i can do is like send you some kombucha and i was like weird like the internet has never worked for me this way <laughs> yeah. you know right but because like my apartment had already been robbed it was like i'm gonna just give this guy my address you know like there's nothing for anyone to take right <laughs> so, right 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 so i did it and like you know a few days later a bunch of kombucha shows up and i was like wow the internet has never worked for me like this you know um and like on an emotional level, that's when I was like, oh, okay. Like these communities, they do manifest mm. um, in, in sort of novel ways and in ways that I am familiar, but that are also novel to me. Um, so I think more from like the core, like that's really where like building out a film about this circus really started. Right. So, so in many ways, it sounds like then the community, the way in which the crypto community functions was in a very different way, shared similarities to the process of how you had been making your films previously in the communities that you were exploring, perhaps, and how there was a parallel that you saw. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, I'm also not somebody who like decides that like I'm going to make a doc about like a subject or a community, and like I don't come like riding in with like an announcement <laughs> in the Hollywood Reporter saying like I'm here to like make the definitive doc. Like that's never really my aim. I think if anything, I want to be the guy who spends the time spends the time um, really listening and, and educating myself and my crew because like. A film doesn't really, like, it doesn't, it's not one person, you know? Sure. Um, and I think that, like, if we want to make something with legs, it, it really, it requires that. Um, and, and that does feel very similar to, like, every process for, for every film that I've worked on. It's just, like, really, like, trying to, digging deep right. 
And so just seeing like how far down the rabbit hole we can go. Yeah. And, and, and what's really neat is again, I, I think we, we mentioned it at the top. It's, it's really cool that then you found a way to capture your learning and the learning for others in the form of art. And so it's like the process of learning in, in a way for yourself has then been a narrative has been built around the, you know, your, your own intellectual or, or experiential pursuits. I mean, yeah, all of it. Like, it's like, I mean, it's, it's very, it's, it's awesome to end up in a situation where like, you know, like you have the hint that, of, that there's something special and then you get to like create a situation where like you get to make something of it with like a team of people while also like learning even more about it and talking to all the people who know even more about it than you do. My education in this has been like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very spoiled and I'm still figuring out exactly like how to synthesize all of it. We were just exploring the parallels between community and crypto and community and the sort of subjects and the projects that you've been uh exploring in in your your filmmaking career was was there a moment along the journey where those two things filmmaking and and crypto art intersected to the point where you were like hey this direction is actually where i'm going to lean in so initially with mala mala that was it was understanding that hey this is a direction that i'm going to go in in terms of making these these types of films and now that gear shift crypto art comes into play and you're like oh the combination of these two things that's the next gear with i'm new here how did the convergence of the films you were making in the past come come together with your introduction to crypto like, art why does it make sense for me to be working in this space maybe to yes me? exactly, exactly. <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah yeah no totally i mean like i'm not like I, i'm not like a tech guy um I mean, I, I can't say that I was really before this. Um, I, I got super interested in crypto in like 2017 during like that, like that bull run. And then, and then, you know, kind of zoned out um, when the bear hit. Um, so, so the interest was there for sure. Um, because I think that like, I, there's always like this underlying um, interest in justice and, and sort of like, understanding how we can correct or escape sort of toxic systems and oppressive systems right um i think a lot of that is by creating new communities uh that, that can thrive in in various ways right so there, there's that sort of thread i think throughout my life that like i'm sort of very dedicated to i mean this is also like working with a place like amnesty international outside of my film work you know um that like i'm just invested in personally um but then when it comes to crypto i mean like you know the the anonymity the the pseudonyms um how identity is worn and sort of um becomes fluid um i mean even in relation to, to dina in my second film which which you know deals with you know people who are differently abled right uh, people who who are atypical um i think that there's also like sort of a lot of that here and i don't even really mean in terms of a particular diagnosis but in terms of like people being very clear and deliberate about what their needs are um and 
and and open actually to how they're feeling. Like when I kind of hopped into the space, I remember Dee's was hosting a, a Twitter space like early on, and like there were a bunch of guys in this Twitter space. This is like last summer, um, talking about depression hmm. and and how they were dealing with depression and mental health issues. And I was like, this is very special, right? Like guys are horrible at doing this in person with their best friend. Um, but there's something about this particular space where like you snap on a PFP of uh, whatever brand of PFP it is. And, you know, it sort of becomes in, in these different ways empowering for you to talk about yourself in ways that people don't typically do, especially for men. And I was like, Oh, like that, that's, that's unique, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think again, from, from a more human angle, that's, that's really what drove me to this space. And then also seeing like the transformative effect that artists were experiencing. I mean, I work very closely with Claire Silver. Um, she's a big part of this film and, you know, um, Knowing a lot about her, I mean, when people see the film, they they will. But, you know, she's somebody who didn't grow up with many opportunities. And by virtue of this space and um, the opportunities that it's presented, she, like, bought her mom a house last year. And that's, like, remarkable, you know? Yeah. I mean, Tyler Hobbs is somebody else that I, that I work with that people know uh, as, like, as Tyler Hobbs, capital T-H. And, and he's earned that for sure. But, like... You know, I mean, when I was filming with him, it was after Fidenza, you know, like he had already arrived for sure. But he was he was still, you know, like living in his two bedroom house in Austin, driving like this this shitty Prius that I, <laughs> I forget. I always make fun of him for it because it, it was like a 2011 or something. But not what you would expect. Right. And and I think that like. there There is also a lot of that. Um, that I that I do love about this space, not the ostentation, not like the like look at me and how much champagne I can buy and you know what my car <laughs> is, but like really sort of like really looking at what creative, brilliant minds do with the incredible resources that have sort of arrived by virtue of of this space and them earning it. You know. Mm. So then, kind of flash forward a little bit, and and what makes I'm new here as a crypto art film different from sort of the other films you've made in the past and, and from the people that you mentioned just, uh, just now so much. (laughs) Um, this is like the most public film I've made. Like, I don't usually like do so many interviews, um, while I'm in production, like kind of like while I'm swimming through figuring out like what the film is and how it's going to look and all of that. Um, so that that's one aspect of this whole process. That's very new working in the internet and working on the internet is also very new. Like the internet, it only demands more from you, right? Mm. Like there's only more that the internet can take. It's never less. So that's been an interesting thing for me to sort of experience and learn and sort of kind of try to understand how to cope with. There's also, I mean, like deep components to like how the film will play and how it's been marketed and communicated that I think are pretty novel too. I mean, I mean, I'll say it like there's, there's a few people that still haven't even discovered kind of like there, there's a clue hidden in the initial teaser that kind of like leads people to 
a thing, you know? And it's like, there are all of these Easter eggs hidden in a lot of the media that we've created and that exists. And like, that's something that we're going to continue to do because it's also what will contribute to giving this whole project legs, right? Mm. Um, is how interactive we can make it. And like, by by virtue of like a few different metaverse worlds that exist, like there's really cool ways for us to 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 do that, you know. So do you think in some ways this film helps provide a lane for other filmmakers to to kind of follow in and and perhaps even with your own films, your ensuing films, it's again carving that another lane, another path to create art. I yeah, I hope so for sure. I mean, there's I think there's sort of two different answers to that. Like one is like, you know, Right now, my job is like creating like a singular film, which is awesome, but also insufficient for what the space is, right? So like I, the ideal scenario is that, you know, the, the, the 230 hours or so that I have sort of becomes accessible um, in like a library archive fashion to people who want to view it and potentially want to use it for the media that they want to create, right? Um, mm. I've had the benefit of being able to, you know, afford a team to to set up a studio with me, a green screen studio and, and incredible, you know, cinematographers to come in and use great equipment to, you know, film the most brilliant minds in Web3. And like, I'm going to do an incredible job of using that in, in one film, for sure. Like, I, I don't doubt that. But like, it would be wrong or false of me to say that like there aren't other people in the world who could also do something really cool with that footage but who don't necessarily have the resources or means to put an entire crew together in new york city and hire the producer that's going to help them build the slate to like bring all the interviews in and all of that right so that is the ideal version of this and i mean like the archive is something that like again this is something new to this process that like right. i'm building out in parallel to the film that i'm making you know, I mean, like my CryptoPunks story cut down right now, like literally like everything that everyone has said about CryptoPunks and like the story there, uh, it's, it's about three hours right now. And there are some key interviews that I haven't even done, you know, and arguably that, that string out that like three hour string out should live somewhere. Undoubtedly, mm. there's somebody in this space that like wants to know what everyone said that was interviewed for this film about CryptoPunks, regardless of what I'm going to do with it in, in new here in, in that film, you know, the, the one film. Um, so that's really the goal there. And then, I mean, second to that, I think like, yeah, there are ways in which like there are huge obstacles that are preventing us from using crypto to its maximum extent when it comes to like building collaborative arts projects. Right. I really, I would love nothing more than to be able to say to people like, mint this nft and become a profit participant in x i i would love that um we can't say that right now uh and and it it's it's very scary for artists who aren't of means to to try and even skirt around trying to build anything like that um but that's something that again like we have the lawyers we we were doing that for for a really long time before actually doing this nft drop i, I was working hard to issue a securities for the film and it just became such a headache and it was so expensive and it was going to cost even more money than it, than it already had. So, I mean, we just had to sort of put it on hold and 
everything's there to go. We just need the money to sort of like actually empower lawyers to figure this out so that other artists can be like, hey, like I need a $1.2 million to make this film. And it's not that much when you have a global audience and you have like the potential of, of crypto behind it. Um, and you can say to people, yeah, like you can buy in as a profit participant. Like that would be hugely powerful, you know. Do you think that that's on the horizon or is it for for this film specifically or is that just something that down the road the pieces will come together on and uh down the road it's definitely going to come together right because like we need we need it to um and artists want it to so like there there will be creative solutions that are built in order to sort of like dance around whatever laws are in place um with this particular film i mean like i can't i can't say i like literally can't say (laughs) um I love the people who support my work. Uh, and I love acknowledging the people who support my work. Um, anyone who has come on as a financier in my past work, you know, I'm still very close with and we still work very closely together. And um, yeah, I think that there's there's so much potential also for what this this actual NFT drop is going to do as well. I mean, like there's... There's a bunch of different conversations that we're having on that level too, you know, when it comes to like sort of like any any utility um, mm. for for like the newbies and for you know like the new here drop that's also supporting the film. So that that's like an entirely other project in and of itself, um, regardless of of sort of how the finances of the film may affect things. Gotcha. So, in, <laughs> what what would be the biggest? Uh, on the financing piece, what would be the biggest differences between, or what are the biggest differences between how your work was previously funded versus, say, with with the merge into the segue into uh, crypto art? Um, I mean, it's just like it's just it's expensive to accept money, right? Um, you can't. If you're a filmmaker and somebody says, hey, I want to give you $3 million to make your film and you have $0, you still need to find some dollars to pay for the lawyer who's going to figure out the deal with that investor who's going to give you the $3 million, right? And if you're in the United States, like that, that, that those terms are not, it's not going to be. 15 bucks, you know, <laughs> right, um, sure, sure. nor should it be because it's, it's $3 million on the line and, and whatever. So, you know, I think that like those, those things, um, I think pre- prevent a lot from happening. And I think like through using this tech, I think there is a lot of ways that we can streamline that. There's also a transparency issue, right? I mean, like uh, both of my films have come out theatrically and I know more about the, their theatrical performance than I do with the streaming deals that I've signed for both of my films after. Right. So like both of my films have played on Netflix, they've played on Amazon, they played on Hulu everywhere uh, with the exception of HBO us, I think I've licensed. Right. So um, I, 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 I sort of see what the, the terms look like, but I have no idea what the demographics of watchers look like or how many people are watching or when they turned it off, if I cared. Right. So I, I I do think though that using this tech um, does offer the option to sort of see those things much more clearly. There's also like the benefit of, I mean, with new here too. I mean, like 
something that always becomes an issue is that people in front of the camera with nonfiction aren't really remunerated. And I don't believe in paying people for interviews. I, I don't think that that's necessarily the answer. But if there's a way sort of peripherally that they might be able to benefit from lending their time um, by virtue of participating in this this project and lending their identity to a drop that is also, uh, you know, using their particular traits, then like, I think that's like an, a really cool way of being like, cool, like a rising tide lifts all boats. Sure. So 15% of the drop in perpetuity is going to the group of artists that we've been working with uh, on the film. And, you know, sort of, I mean, even on, on the periphery of the film. So it's just a really nice way to sort of build in your community to, to the drop itself um, and the people in front of the camera. Right. In a, in a way, you're, as you're saying, traditionally, to do so would, would have way more levers and, and filters to kind of navigate through. I mean, for, you know, for Dina yeah, is a good example. Like, um, Dina receives benefits, right? Um, she receives Social Security benefits. She's in Section 8 housing. So, uh, the kind of her benefiting from that film it becomes tricky right so like i had to sort of go and set up a trust and like i manage a trust then for her that doesn't interfere with her benefits that like you know that she can sort of pull from if she wants to buy a couch and whatever i mean you know like the 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 list for her to do with what she wants with it is is very open but like, there's there's sort of all these tricks that you have to do in order to sort of make sure the people who gave you their time and in many ways like their life story. I mean, like literally the most valuable part yeah. of yourself is sort of like, oh, who are you? Where did you come from? You know. And if you're you're giving all of that to a film, it's it's a bit unfortunate that like by the time that the deal happens, no one's asking from the distribution company like, hey, like we should cut a check to that person, right? Or um, and you know, there, there are ways now of sort of making that happen. Um, ways that, that, you know, we still haven't even figured out for sure with crypto. Right. And I was going to say, it's, it sounds like then the future perhaps holds the key to making that much more doable, uh, a regular thing, the norm. Totally. I mean, like, it's like now also, if you can sort of like see a bit more of like the finances of a film, that's the other thing is like everybody thinks like, independent films you know once you have them in theaters that you're making a ton of money on them and it's actually totally false like i mean like you see an independent film in theaters nowadays like most of it is is, the cost is really advertising the film for that to be in a theater right rarely do films make return in theaters so if even just in terms of a reality check um (laughs) it would be nice for people to be like oh word like yeah you're you're an independent filmmaker and you know you end up in all these situations that sort of optically appear like, you know, um, like you're living in one particular way when in actuality, like it's, it's still a hustle to to make films work. Sure. Uh, So I feel like just holistically, it could be great if everybody was just on the same page to be like, Oh, okay, cool. That's, that's what this looks like, you know? Well, hopefully the process with, with new here will, help kind of advance that way of of thinking about filmmaking and and the returns and and as you were saying the transparency on on 
analytics and and backends. Yeah, I, yeah, I would love that. I mean, like there are a few platforms that are working in that way. Um, I, I'm still like learning about Vabel, for example. I know Beam is an incredible team. Um, but there, there are, and I mean, I'm, I'm definitely missing a few. So apologies, but there are <laughs> teams fun. like working in in this in this way right now to sort of like crack that code. Because again, it, it like as as a as a filmmaker, it becomes pretty difficult to just know what people think or how how something performed necessarily. Um, once the rights go to somebody else, like they they know, but but we don't. And why is that information in the traditional sense typically not shared as openly as perhaps it could or should be? And, and hopefully will be because they don't have to right because like it's like a business so it's sort of like well like if if they want to share a headline and many of them do i mean you can google all these headlines like if they want to share a headline that x was the most watched film ever on x streaming service like they literally can do that because like there there actually isn't much way of checking like the, the data that's going to be provided right, right, order right. is their own but I think that like the the artists don't benefit, and it, it sort of it cuts the dialogue short. You know, every year I know that like Mala Mala. Every year Dina too. I mean, like I'll get random emails, and a festival will want to play one of the films every every um, Pride Month. Like I get a slew of emails that are like asking for the DCP to Mala Mala, like how they can play it, whatever. That's the only way of me like really knowing that people still care about this movie or this work or that like it has any sort of legacy if there were information just sort of in the day-to-day then it would just provide a bit more room for dialogue like okay cool like this this is picking up again people are people do care about this story puerto rico's back in the news like it's like you know it just gives us then other ways of then like also pointing at these these cultural moments to be like oh this is something that we can check out um that speaks to this thing because culture is also moving so fast that like we, we also forget how much has been built, you know? Sure. Um, there's so many movies that haven't been seen and it's just like all these things that like, uh, just we don't have the information to point at them and be like, Oh, that thing is still valuable. Do you think though, that if we did have that information and we could see the analytics, just thinking on the other side of the coin here, if you could see that, uh, a, a work or a film or a show or whatever the the medium say was underperforming would that then inspire creators to then try to amplify their efforts to get it seen and then you know oh hey we have to you know start marketing this to more and more people and 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 you know generate uh you, you know could it have an adverse effect uh, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I imagine that it would. Like, there's, there's always like those unintended consequences to, to anything new, right? Um, but I guess, like, you know, something that makes like you know crypto art particularly unique, right, is that like there's something functionally about it that enables people to find their community, um, and find maybe the only four other people who appreciate that thing sure and that's actually all that really matters at the end of the day right like it's like it's why rocky horror picture show literally i think every friday it's still 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 yeah yeah you know what i mean like and it might only be the same 
15,000 people in the United States that show up at these screenings, but that's all that actually matters because when they show up, like they are, they are there, they are there to be there, you know? Well, right. And, 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 and it kind of ties it back to what you were saying in the beginning, the, the idea of community and the providing a place for people to interact around a common idea, belief, goal, way of being, you know, it's, it's, a uh, Totally. Mala Mala came out. My first film came out, right? And like, no one wanted to put it in theaters. Like, it was just really hard to get into theaters. And like, I sort of, I convinced the guys at IFC to finally program it. There's, there's a theater on Sixth Avenue and, and Fourth Street in Manhattan. Um, and I was like, give us a week. Like, please just give us a week. Like, and that's what I needed. That's what you need to qualify for anything serious. Uh, in the United States with your film. Um, it's how you get into the times for a review. Like you need a week um, in a theater, <laughs> any <Yeah>. theater. <laughs> and I, I I got it. They finally gave me a week and they programmed Mala Mala. And this is after my sales agent, I, you know, I sort of, I, I let them go because like they weren't able to make any sale happen. I mean, like literally the conversation was like, Hollywood has spoken. And it wasn't <laughs> even from him. It was Come from on. his assistant. Swear to God swear to god from his assistant and i was like oh, shit if hollywood has spoken <laughs> like, I, I don't know yeah but I, I tracked this guy down i got the date and you know um then we sort of did the, this very grassroots campaign because like again like no one knew if anyone would show up for this film right but like you go to the the gay pride parade and like you hand out flyers and then like i think Port actually the puerto rican day parade also happened so like that was a good opportunity to then like also like go and hand out flyers and like you know, uh, I brought the I brought a lot of the the team from Puerto Rico here. So like a lot of the queens were here, uh, just a lot of the girls. Like it was it was awesome. So like we made as much noise as we could, and I mean at the end of the day, like that that theatrical run ended up being extended. I think for a total of three weeks, and then it ended up going to L.A. and then it played at like one theater in Vancouver, right? And like you know that was like an enormous amount of hustle that like nearly killed me to make that happen. But like <laughs> sure, it's also sure. It's exactly it. Like sometimes you actually have to just like force your way in to then be like, no, this thing needs this space. Cause again, like you're, you're not really seeing it. Like it's not like really, but then when it's there, then people are like, ah, oh, right. Thank God. Like, cause I, I would, I've been looking for that thing, you know? And it was an awesome time, like being with those audiences. Cause it felt like we had all arrived, you know? Yeah. And, and how much of that is, honoring your own inner convictions of no, there's something here. Cause I think you have to, I would imagine you have to feel incredibly uh, staunch in your belief that th no, this needs to be told or else one, you're not going through all the hoops to try and get it told. And then also that's, I mean, that's the lifeblood of, I think why people are resonating with part, part of the story is, is like, Hey, God, you're shining the light on an area that that perhaps you know they were they you got to be a crazy person right yeah right right you got to be a crazy person i mean like yeah like i <laughs> i think i'm gonna be a really chill dad like a real dad <laughs> but you know like film dad like, I mean, I, it was really that it was like, really like, no, 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 you have to pay attention to my kid. No, like I get that. Like there's like a bunch of other things going on. It's cool that Bill Murray is in that thing. And like Tom Cruise has a movie coming up, but like, 
you must pay attention to my child, right? Um, I don't care otherwise. Like, and yeah. I think like, so it's like really sort of like the, I don't know, the, the, the persistence bordering on insanity, I think, yeah, is, is a bit of a requirement sometimes, you know? I, I But at the end of the day, I don't know, sort of even saying this now, how exhausting that whole process was, like, I don't think I would really have it any other way to be real. And then this is like also being, again, like the person who found himself in crypto after coming from, you know, the streamers that people tweet about every single day, like, I can't wait for the series on X, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. yeah, just like. I wish I wish the the sort of ideas of decentralization also applied to that statement, right? Like, um, it's not the thing that people think that it is really to sort of be on that side. And this side of things actually empowers like new ways of things being built with like really really strong resonant voices. So I'm excited to see like when collaborative arts, like films in particular, are built in this way, and like there can be one person who's like, yeah, cool, like I get. I finally have the opportunity to like make my thing because it was only, it only took 1.2 million. But now because I can speak to this global audience and sort of like onboard people to my project in this way and make them profit participants and like, you know, all this stuff, like it's, it's going to be so much easier to make. You're not appealing to like the, the five dozen people who are still investing in independent film right now. It, 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 that's no way to do it. Because then the same films just keep being made, or the five, five streaming companies, right? Because right? right. then the same things just keep being made. I mean, I'm really excited for for what's to come over here for sure, and it doesn't make it easy at this moment, but it's very promising. Sure, and and to be immersed in it as it's evolving and changing, and 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 you know, as the space still continues to morph, is is a really cool place to be. It's like the, almost the epicenter of, you know, it's like a, a, the foundation of New York City uh, before New York City became New York City, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it makes sense that like there's also so many like, so many different personalities, right? Totally. You have like the Hare Krishnas over here, you have like the <laughs> Marxists over here, you have like the anarchists over here, then you have like the scammers, grifters da, da, over here. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. It's, but it, and it's still figuring out what the neighborhoods look like um, right. and what they should look like and what they feel like um, and, and even where to position yourself within it too um, yeah but we'll get there well and and on that tip what what can we expect uh from you specifically obviously new here is is uh on the precipice what what else uh is coming down the pipe that you can speak to uh you know that we can we can expect to see yeah, so you know, uh the film itself, uh it's gonna be it's gonna be finished hopefully around this time next year. Right. Okay. Um we have we have quite a bit of animation and VFX to to take care of after we finish principal photography. So um there's still quite a trek when it comes to the film. Um parallel to that, because like it's always fun to like add more things. Um <laughs> we 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 will be uh announcing actually very shortly um a series that that's actually going to be coming out soon it's just oh, going to be sort of profiling particular artists in the space um in a, in a very dignified way so that like as the film is being completed you know like there's still there's still media and things that, that we can point to as a community and say like hey like this, this is somebody that we should celebrate uh and that it is 
media that that looks great um and really shows off kind of like the 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 best of the talent of 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 sort of the crypto art community yeah without saying too much i mean like it's like these pieces have have been made with with crypto artists uh and and the team behind new here so it's like they'll they'll be sort of these really cool pieces uh to to check out and in a few ways you know like we'll be able to like kind of point and sort of recognize the architecture Mm. um and what artist within the space has built it so i i kind of want to like leave a bit of a mystery um, (laughs) because it's gonna sort of like mid mid december is like when we should be sort of announcing more about that and like when when we're going to be rolling that out but there's there's quite a bit of media that's going to be coming out sort of in parallel to the film leading up to the film and then a bunch of different collaborations with the the new here under under sort of the new here nft drop umbrella um we've already done like a few different collaborations with two artists so far um with calvin justice uh and then we just actually finished one with connie digital Mm. um and then we have two more coming up um that that like I'm super excited to announce. And then like there's some things in the spring with yeah, artists that that we all know that you know I don't necessarily want to blow out of the water. Um because I actually really, really like the the organic way that the the new here community is is building and finding itself. So uh we haven't really pushed in terms of like the whole marketing, like screaming, like checking sure, out sure. thing. Um but yeah, no, there's there's a lot going on, and and yeah, newhere.xyz will have all of that information, be housing it, also the Discord and the Twitter. Awesome. Well, uh, Dan, this has been a fantastic conversation. Really appreciate you taking the time, and really awesome uh, getting to learn more about your journey as both a human and filmmaker. So, thank you. No, thank you, Steve, and I appreciate yeah you being you being chill with my daughter. <laughs> being a part of this <laughs> yeah she she can uh, uh hopefully hopefully she'll uh keep that in her her uh memory box of her first podcast and uh you know this will well, be the proof will be here yeah yeah right it will be a, a pivotal uh maybe maybe this is what inspires her to become uh you know a filmmaker like her dad or or uh an interviewer like me you know exactly exactly <laughs> um or to never come across the camera ever or right or to to completely just uh disown both or you know the the arts in general and say hey this is not a path uh this is not my path yeah gross no way (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much man yeah much appreciated Thanks for listening to another episode of Lights, Camera, Crypto, a podcast produced by Matt Solon and Decentral Media. Music by Brian Duncan and Kareem Himes. <laughs>